It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. I'm excited to talk with my guest today. Joining me is Stephen Christopher. Stephen is CEO of Sequas, a digital market agency based in the Denver area. Stephen, welcome to Accelerate. Hey, Andy. Thanks so much for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Well, my pleasure. So take a minute, introduce yourself. Cool. So uh, as you mentioned, my name is Stephen Christopher. I run a digital marketing agency called Sequas um, Marketing Technologies. I also run a podcast called Business Revolution. Um, I've been in the digital marketing space for about 12 years now. I started back when I owned a mortgage company, which uh, didn't do so well. So I also learned a ton about how to run a business and how not to run a business based on that. And after the mortgage industry kind of collapsed, uh, I, I found a real passion for marketing and specifically digital marketing and was able to really help business owners create their dreams and, and achieve their goals through that. And so that's kind of gotten me to where I am today. So what's the revolution in business that you talk about in your podcast? So what's the revolution? Um, the, the thing that I try to help business owners do through the Business Revolution podcast is so many business owners wake up in the morning and try to just run their business, you know, to just get through one more day, just meet one more Friday, just meet one more payroll. And we try to help business owners not just run their business, but create a revolution in their market. And it's really not that difficult to make yourself and your brand stand out so much that your competition just really doesn't even stand a chance to compete against you. And that's kind of what we try to cover. So we have all kinds of guests, uh, which I'm actually really excited. We'll have you on the show soon. Well, we have you. guests that, that help these business owners get out of that rat race. You know, a lot of them are doing I don't know, maybe a million to a couple million a year, but they're also running sales, they're running marketing, they're running financials. And all they can see is in order to grow, they have to spend more time. And that's not necessarily the case. So we get rid of those myths and give them the tools that they need through either my experiences or people like yourself and the other people we bring on the show to help them get out of that, to help them actually grow and remember why did you start the business in the first place? What were you passionate about? And then how do we make it to where the business is actually working for you and you're not working 70, 80 hours a week and all other areas of your life are suffering? So one of the key things you brought up in there was how people position themselves as the expert or the value source in their market segment. So what are some of the key things that they should be looking at that help them do that you know, for business owners? Yeah, so it's really basic. So many business owners, I think, never actually take the time to figure out what are their strengths? What are the things that you're really, really great at? I mean, why did you start that business? Um, figuring out what those strengths are and then honing in on them as opposed to trying to be everything to everybody. So many business owners get started and then they see these bright, shiny objects everywhere along the path to where they're going and it's easy to get distracted, especially when we're a new business, because we see, oh, there's revenue here, there's revenue there. And I think that that can actually end up confusing us as business owners, but also confusing our ideal client. So now 
we're chasing all these different, you know, bright, shiny objects. And what happens is, is we kind of lose focus on our ideal client and really concentrating on what our strengths are and what's the biggest value that we can provide to that ideal client. So that's number one. And then number two is once you define that, it's how are you communicating that? So making sure that all of your marketing pieces, all of your branding, all of your language, any anytime you're talking about the company is consistent with who you really are, what your strengths are, and it's all pinpointed very targeted to your ideal client so that now you might exclude 90% of the potential buyers that might be interested in your product or service, but that 10% that's your ideal client, you're speaking to them so directly that they're like, wow, there's no other options except for you. So making sure that you're communicating that in all of your, you know, like I said, all of your marketing, all of your branding, um, your website obviously is huge, making sure that when they, when they visit your website to find out more about you, that they feel like you're talking directly to them. So not getting caught up in all the bright, shiny objects. Yeah, well, I think I, I would coin a phrase for that. Um, sort of sprung to mind as I was thinking about that is, is what you were saying is what I call a bilateral focus, meaning that if you're really focused on the value that you can provide to your ideal client profile, your ideal customer, and you've you know gotten rid of the extraneous and all the other things you said that you could do but really aren't your – your passion or what your strongest at or what your best at is not why you got into the business. If you can pair all that away and have that real laser-like focus, the customer gets it. Yeah. As you talked, the customer gets it, so they're going to return the focus to you. That's why I, I call that bilateral focus, my, my buzzword I made up for today. I love it. I'm, I'm going to use it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you know, along those lines, it's really scary to do that for a lot of business owners. I mean, me personally, I know I've struggled with that for a long time. And it's scary to think about not trying to talk to every potential client out there, especially when you're new and getting started and you want to produce revenue. You know, you want revenue from anywhere. But uh, I mean, one word of caution based on my experience is take the time and energy at whatever point you are in your business right now and and do that. It It really, really works. Yeah, I mean, right. Take the time, set aside the time to define, as you talked about, what is what is that thing that you're really good at? Yeah, and absolutely. Ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't think that you have to figure that out yourself. This is one of the problems I see a lot of times with entrepreneurs is you go into this type of process to try to do this definition of what they're really good at, and they're doing it just based on what they're thinking. They're inside their own head, and they don't bother to ask customers employees, you know, other people who might be stakeholders in the process, what they perceive they're good at. Great point. Um, we tell our clients a lot, when we're building a website, it's a great example, uh, they want to have a lot of input. You know, they say, oh, move this here, put this color. I like this. I like that. And what we have to remind them a lot of times is that most often the business owner is not their own ideal client. So they're not trying to sell to themselves. So they have to figure out through, like you mentioned, asking, what are our strengths? What do you want? You know, what does their actual ideal client want to see? And then making sure that everything is focused around that. Yeah, that's a great point, I'm sure, when it comes to websites and things like that, because everybody has an opinion. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, 
So let's let's talk jump make the jump to websites here because it's still for small business entrepreneurs business owners still the sort of initial point of contact that most people have with your company with the products and services you're selling even despite all the technologies that exist out there so what are maybe the two or three biggest mistakes you still see small businesses making with their websites that have an impact on you know the branding and their sales and so on yeah, so one that I'm I'm really surprised that I'm still seeing this, but we're still seeing a lot of websites that aren't mobile friendly. So in April of 2014, and, and the uh, terminology is responsive. They're not responsive, right? Not yes. mobile responsive. So okay, go ahead. And I apologize. April 2015, Google came out with an update that basically said, "Look, if your website isn't responsive and it's not friendly to mobile devices, it doesn't look good. We're not going to show you in rankings." I thought most businesses would have already made the update, but we're still finding a lot of them that don't. So that's a huge mistake, and it's relatively easy to fix and to know if you have that problem. Well, let's quantify Uh, that for people because a study I saw showed that, gosh, this year, I think it's like close to 75% of (laughs) of, uh, uh, web searches are being done through a mobile device. Yeah, it's it's really really high, and there's there's all kinds of different statistics out there as far as how many people are searching on mobile, and it varies from industry to industry. But I mean, last year, um, mobile overtook desktop from a from a Google survey, um, which is which is huge. Right. So let's okay. Let's pair back from the seventy five. Let's just say it's fifty one percent of searches are being done for businesses, products, services are being done through mobile devices. Uh, to your point, if you don't have a what we call a responsive website, meaning it's mobile-friendly, you're potentially missing out on half of your potential customers. Yeah, absolutely. And even if they find you through maybe a specific name search, if you still show up or they get to your website through you know going direct, maybe you meet them at a trade show or something like that, if your website isn't easy to navigate on mobile, now you're going to lose them anyway because they can't figure out where the information is. They're going to get frustrated. They're going to leave and they're going to find somebody else. And then what's that going to leave in there? What kind of taste is that going to leave in their mouth about your company and your brand saying, oh, well, geez, yeah. you know, you're, you're not even up to date. Well, yeah. So again, you know, business owners, sales leaders that are listening to this is the customer experience starts with that first interaction with your website. I mean, they may have talked to your sales rep already, but they're going to hit your website at some point in this process early on, whether it's before they call you or, or right after you, you first contact them. And this is part of the customer experience. This is part of the sales experience they're having with your business. And if it's, as you said, if it's not easily navigable or friendly on mobile, you, you, you could be toast. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so that's one that, like I said, I'm, I'm surprised that we even still have this conversation, but uh, apparently it's still it's still an issue that needs to be addressed with a lot of businesses. Um, so that's number one. And number two would be there's too much information on people's websites. Going back to what we talked about a little while ago is most business owners aren't their ideal client. And how that integrates with what I'm talking about too much information is a lot of us want to put, a lot of us as business owners, we're proud of our business we want to kind of shove everything we do down our potentials, potential customers' throat right when they get to our website. We want to tell them how great we are. We want to tell them how we started. We want to tell them how we can help them. We want to tell them every service that we offer. 
because we're proud of it. And going even further back in our conversation, a lot of us don't know who our ideal client is, so we're trying to talk to everybody. And so what we do with clients when we're building websites is we have them look at their current site and say, okay, take everything that you have on your homepage right now and get rid of 50% of it. So tell me 50% of the stuff on the homepage that we can get rid of. Mm-hmm. And this is, a, this is a painful process for most people. So by the time we drag them kicking and screaming through getting rid of 50% of you know, everything they've worked their whole life for, um, we then turn to them and say, okay, great job. Now I want you to get rid of 50% more or get rid of 50% again of what's left. Mm-hmm. And at that point, they look at us like we're crazy. A lot of times we can't get rid of another 50%, but we can get rid of one or two additional things. Right. And we really pare that down. And it makes a huge difference when it comes to conversion. When you watch visitors on a website and you watch where their mouse moves and all this stuff, you realize that there's so little time to get their attention to take the action that we want them to, that it's imperative that we get rid of a lot of the stuff that's on our homepage and even our interior pages and have more of a funnel-focused approach where we offer them kind of one or two things at a time and then based on how they interact with those or what they want to learn more of, then they can start to go down that path. Yeah, so, move deeper into the website. Well, it's interesting. How much, how much time do you have when someone comes to your website? Let's compare this to in-person so when somebody comes to your website, how much time do you have to capture their attention? Yeah, so the last studies that, that I read was about seven seconds. Personally, I believe we're down to at least six seconds now just based on the data that we watch from our clients to really capture their attention and have them decide, okay, we're going to stay or we're not going to stay or what am I going to do next? Right. So if you put that in the context of a person-to-person interaction, the statistic is largely the same. It's around seven seconds that you have to capture somebody's attention when you first talk to them. Say you grab somebody on the phone on a sales call or you meet them in a networking meeting. You have seven seconds, really, to capture their attention. If you were doing this in person, would you spend that seven seconds talking about absolutely everything that you know and do, <laughs> right, to make the, yeah. the comparison to your website? Well, that's what you're talking about with your homepage. Is, you know, people come, it talks about everything that you do right up there. How, you know, seven seconds, that's like too much. They're going to click and go somewhere else. And the same thing is true when you talk to somebody in person. If you just open up your mouth and they get the fire hose of information they're trying to download in seven seconds, as opposed to that one thing that really relates to them and their business and what they're trying to achieve. Well, Andy, that's a great comparison that I had never thought of or at least verbalized before you just said it. So thank you. (laughs) We got two. You've got two takeaways here today. You got the bilateral focus and you got this one. Okay. See, it's good money when you come on this show. All right. So I want to ask you, a, pose a hypothetical scenario opposed to all my guests. And since you're CEO of a business, you, you get to answer this one is, in this scenario, you, Stephen, have just been hired as a new sales vice president at a company whose sales have stalled out. And CEO really wants things turned around in a hurry. So what two things would you do your first week on the job that could have the biggest impact? It's a really good question. So the first thing that I would do is um, I would ask a lot of questions. I would figure out why sales stalled. Is it, bec- is it because the sales team is no good? Is it because they're not getting enough leads? Um, is it because they're just not educated enough? They're not converting? 
Um, is there a downturn in the market? I would try to figure out a little bit more of the root of the problem mm-hmm. uh, by asking a lot of questions, not just going in and saying, okay, we're going to sell, sell, sell. Everybody's working late and let's you know, just turn this thing around. I think you got to find the root of the problem first. So ask a lot of questions to find more of the root of the problem. Right. Um, and then the second thing that I would do, you know, I'm, I'm a little impartial to this because I, I own a web company, but I'm all about making things easier um, through automation. So I'm going to look at their website and figure out, okay, how do we use their web presence to generate more leads, talk more to the ideal client, and and get more people finding out about the company's brand and the products or the services that they sell mm-hmm. so that the salespeople have an easier job. They have more leads coming in. They're already more pre-qualified by the time they get there. And now it's going to shorten the sales cycle. Okay. Good answers. All right. So I got some rapid fire questions for you. Um, you can give me one word answers or you can elaborate if you wish. So first one is if, if you could change just one thing about your business self, what would it be? My business self. Um, I would, uh, <laughs> this is kind of funny. I would, I would make decisions about people with less emotion. Ah, I like it. And what I mean by that is I, I love helping people and I want to help everybody, but I realize that sometimes I try to, I might try to help people too much at the expense of my other team members. Okay. Who's your business role model? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, currently, right now, based on some communications I'm having and what we're doing in the business, I got to say Cameron Harold. Okay. And what does he do? So Cameron Harold was the COO that helped grow 1-800-GOT-JUNK from $2 million to $180 million in a very short amount of time. I love that service, he, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I used it when I moved a few years ago. and Wow. That was great, great service. Yeah, he's uh, he's fantastic. He runs a, a company called Backpocket COO, and he's all about kind of helping create a second in command to a CEO to help them massively grow their business. Great on sale or great on structure, um, scalability. Just a really, really brilliant and uh, a really, really genuine guy. Okay, excellent. So, what's one marketing book everyone should read? What's one marketing book everyone should read? Um, I would give uh, Jay Abraham, How to Get Everything. Of course, I'm going to blank on the title right now. Um, how to Get Everything Out of What You've Got. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Yeah, I'm forgetting the exact title yeah, right I, we'll, great, great book. Yeah, we'll figure that one out. We'll put it on the website. Good. Last question for you. So what, uh, what music's on your playlist these days? Oh man, I'm all over the place on this one. Uh, depending on what I'm getting ready for and what state I want to be in, I listen to anything from Eminem to <laughs> a little embarrassing to admit, maybe on the air or on the podcast, is uh, Christina Aguilera and Taylor Swift. <laughs> I was anticipating you were going to say exactly that. If I said, "Okay, who's he's pausing? What's the contrast to Eminem?" I was thinking, I was yeah. saying Taylor Swift was in my mind, but yeah, Christina and Taylor Swift. <laughs> Hey, we have to have you know, music for moments, right? I love it. I, it. Christina Aguilera actually amazes me. If you've never listened to, to the words in some of her songs, I mean, she's like a, um, 
uh, I mean, she's like a, a guru out of music for personal development. Okay. Good advice. So, Stephen, thanks for being on the show. How can people find out more about you? Cool. So people can find out more about me on our website, www.sequus.com, S-E-E-Q-U-S.com. If you have any questions, I love answering them. You can email me directly, Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, at sequus.com. Um, and then also, if you have any interest in our, our, our podcast and some of the other blogs that I put out that are more business-focused, website is bizrevolution.com. All right. bizrevolution.com. Make sure you check it out. And remember, friends, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. And one easy way to do that is to make this podcast accelerate part of your daily routine, whether you listen on your commute, in the gym, or as part of your morning sales meeting. That way you won't miss any of my conversations with top business experts like my guest today, Stephen Christopher, who shared his expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining me. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com. 